Last week, Alec Baldwin shot and killed a cinematographer named Helena Hutchins on the set of a movie in a tragic accident. However, a bigger story than the life that was lost may be how absolutely awful and heartless conservatives are making themselves look in the rush to score social media points in the wake of a tragedy. This is Rob Smith is Problematic. Okay, Problematics, today we're going to talk about something that is sad. It's a tragedy, what it is. Okay, and so let's just get the facts out of the way first. And then I'm going to talk about how this is looking for the movement, how conservatives are making themselves look absolutely awful and heartless and horrible in a lot of different things. So, But first of all, let's start with the facts. Last week, um, Alec Baldwin was on the set of a movie, a low-budget Western called Rust, I believe. I mean, he shot and killed a cinematographer on set in, in a horrible, horrible, awful accident. Um, this woman's name was Helena Hutchins. She was a wife. Uh, she was a mother. This was somebody that is survived by a family. This is just absolutely awful. I have a, a lot to say about the way some people in the conservative movement have sort of treated this as as a way to kind of like dunk on Alec Baldwin because let's be clear, Alec Baldwin is an awful person. Okay, this is not about showing grace to Alec Baldwin. This is not about, you know, absolving him of any responsibility or any guilt because had the shoe been on the other foot, Alec Baldwin wouldn't have been able to wait uh, to go on Twitter and to go on social media and to, to gloat about this, right? And so that's what I, I have to make very clear. I have to make it very clear um, that this isn't about absolution for Alec Baldwin. He is an awful guy. He, uh, yeah, he gets in fights with, with Trumps. He calls everybody that supported Donald Trump as part of the MAGA movement. He calls the domestic terrorists and the worst of humanity. And, oh, you want to kill these people and the insurrection and all of this stuff. And not only that, like not only is he an awful human being, but he also, you know, gets in fights with photographers. Like he called this photographer the F word. And he does all of these awful, horrible things that he gets away with in Hollywood because he has the correct liberal politics in Hollywood, right? So this is, you know, how you get away with stuff like this in Hollywood. So this is not about absolving Alec Baldwin for, for anything. In fact, he's just, you know, he's awful. I just wanted to make that clear that, that Alec Baldwin is just bad, okay? The immediate reaction from conservatives uh, was that of, you know, poetic justice, that, you know, this is poetic justice because this was an awful thing that Alec Baldwin did. And a lot of people, and it's really funny because for me, I found out about this awful thing. I found out about it from Twitter hot takes about Alec Baldwin before I even realized what was going on. Um, I, I think I went to uh, Mike Cernovich. Uh, I went to his Twitter um, and he basically said, and, and, and Cernovich is not really who I'm addressing all of this stuff to when I get into what I'm saying. You'll know who I'm addressing it to because I'll, I'll say the names. But Cernovich wrote on his Twitter, he just said, you know, basically, you know, show Alec Baldwin the same grace and compassion that he would have showed anybody else, which is absolutely zero. And so a lot of conservatives were finding just really tasteless tweets that Alec Baldwin it was had made and kind of like using this stuff to dunk on him and all of that stuff. And, and for me, this is where I stand with the entire situation. And I will say this again over and over and over again, that Alec Baldwin is just not a good person. This is not a good dude, okay? This is not somebody that is worth any of my time defending. 
But what I will say um, is that sometimes I feel like in the conservative movement and on the conservative side, and by the way, the left does this as well. This is something that everybody does that, that really gets on my nerves and, and just really kind of like makes me sad for humanity. It is basically using a tragedy like this to basically score social media points because Alec Baldwin um, is a jerk, right? And so now, and this is what I have to say to conservatives, because a lot of people are doing this, and, and I'll get into you know some of the bigger names in a little bit. But I'm going to tell you guys, this is my personal rule. This is a rule that has always served me well, that I like to stick to when somebody that has done me wrong or somebody that is just a bad person you know, gets their comeuppance. And, and here's the thing. These people that do you dirty, these people that do bad things, when people have done me wrong or when people do wrong in general, these people will always slay themselves. They will always destroy themselves. I'm telling you, it is without fail that these people will destroy themselves. So you don't have to do anything. There are people in my life, there are, pe- there are awful people that I have met over the past three and a half years that have done awful things to me and have said awful things to me and all that stuff. And sometimes I will just step back and I'm like, you know what? The world is going to take care of this person. I don't have to do anything. And I will tell you, the world always takes care of these people, right? So back to Alec Baldwin. Instead of letting Alec Baldwin Stew into this trap. Okay, and we're not even talking about the tragedy that is this woman losing her life, right? We're not even talking about that because that is an absolute tragedy. Um, and that's not something to be dunked on. That is not something, you know, that you make a joke out of or, or make light out of. So instead of just letting Alec Baldwin slay himself, which he's already done, by the way, conservatives hopped on it so much that now in the mainstream media, this is becoming a conservative's pounce story. Right. And so now they are making Alec Baldwin, who is a jerk, by the way, who is an absolute awful person, they are making him seem sympathetic. All right. And that is the weird thing about this. So instead of like having a real conversation about onset safety, instead of I've been hearing things about this production, that this is not a, this is a non-union production, um, that there are a lot of people that were stretched thin, that there were people on the set that did not know what they were doing in terms of firearm safety and all these other things. And then instead of having a real conversation about why are Hollywood productions, like, why is Hollywood so anti-conservatives? Because conservatives and Republicans, we're the ones who know about guns, right? So there's something that's not really making sense there, right? So instead of having real conversations about this tragedy that that happened, this is turning into um, a conservative's pounce story. And this is what is irritating me about this whole thing, because I think that with conservatives sometimes, It's just like a situation for an enemy of the movement. And Alec Baldwin is very much an enemy of the conservative movement. He's a blowhard Hollywood liberal. Um, He has said awful things about all the Trumps. He has said awful things about basically anybody that pulled the lever for Donald Trump, anybody that's part of the MAGA movement, basically anybody that is not a limousine liberal like himself. He has awful, awful, awful things to say about them. So like I said, again, this is not about Alec Baldwin. What this is about is our own humanity. And I think that in situations like this, I think that a lot of very prominent conservatives, people that should know better, 
Okay, like, let's just be completely honest. If you are in elected office, you should know better than to be trying to dunk on Alec Baldwin on Twitter in the wake of the tragedy of a wife and mother dying on set. And it really does make me think sometimes, and it really does make me question the kind of people that we are sending to Congress on the Republican side. And it really does make me kind of question where our shared humanity in all of this is. And I'm going to be completely honest with you guys about this, because this is how I feel. It makes me wonder where our humanity is. And I'm not talking about Alec Baldwin's humanity, because that man is so far gone, it doesn't even matter. And I think that sometimes when we talk about taking the higher road as conservatives, um, I think that sometimes the easiest thing is to say is, well, you know, the left does this too. Like, of course the left does this too, because they're maniacs. And we all know what time it is, you know, when it comes to these far left people. But we should try to kind of be better than this sometimes. And when I say that this Alec Baldwin shooting is making all of us more awful and is making everybody seem awful, this is exactly what I mean. And so I'm going to break right now. And when I come back, I'm going to tell you what Donald Trump Jr. had to say about this and, and why I just really think it's wrong. And I'll tell you that after the break. Okay, so we are talking all about the Alec Baldwin shooting, that tragic accident that happened on a set uh, where he shot and killed a 42-year-old cinematographer named Hala Hutchins, who was a wife and a mother. This is an absolute tragedy. And what is also a tragedy, and what is one of the bigger tragedies here, is I think how conservatives have reacted to this. And the ways in which we are making ourselves look, not only to, you know, the mainstream media, not only to people on the left, because I honestly, to tell you the truth, I don't spend too much time being that concerned with how I seem to Democrats and to people on the left. And I don't think any conservative or Republican should, but we should take note of our humanity sometimes. And I think that it has been very much lost in this. So Don Jr. was trending and I waited. I had to like confirm this because at first when I saw it, it was just so crazy to me that I thought I was like, oh, Don Jr. would never do this. This is probably some fake news. This Photoshop, whatever. Like I had to wait and see that this was actually true. So this is what Don Jr. did. So Don Jr. um, is selling a shirt on his website that says, guns don't kill people. Alec Baldwin kills people. And so this is an actual shirt that was actually for sale on Don Jr.'s website. So I want you to think about this for a second. And I want you to think about, think about the lack of empathy that it would have to take to literally sell a t-shirt that says this on a website, right? To make money off of it, to not only profit off of Alec Baldwin's misfortune, like we said, Alec Baldwin is a jerk. He's a scumbag. This is not about Alec Baldwin. But also the misfortune that ended up in the death of a wife and mother. So my question is, and this is an honest to God question. So is this where we are right now 
in our politics? Is this where we are right now in American society? Is this sort of like cold and callous, complete lack of empathy? Is this where we are to sell t-shirts and to score political points on Twitter? And like I said, I like when I saw it on Twitter, I thought it was just outrageous, okay? And I was going to say something about it on Twitter, but I was like, okay, this could end up being just like a scam from the left or something that is a lie or whatever. But no, it is real because Trump Jr. has responded to it. And this is what he said. First of all, on the Instagram stories, on his Instagram stories, he posted a Photoshop pic of him wearing one of the, t- one of the t-shirts. And so this is what Trump Jr. said um, in an Instagram post. Screw all the sanctimony I'm seeing out there. If the shoe was on the other foot, Alec Baldwin would literally be the first person pissing on everybody's grave, trying to make a point, F him. In true Don Jr. style, that's what Don Jr. has to say about this. Is he right? Yes and no. Let's start with a yes. Is Trump Jr. right about the fact that if the shoe was on the other foot, the left would be reveling in this? Absolutely. I told you guys a couple episodes back about the difference between how the media treated Herman Cain's COVID death as opposed to Colin Powell's COVID death, right? When Herman Cain died of COVID, these left these ghouls on the left were dancing on this man's grave. And then when Colin Powell died of COVID, he was an elder statesman, whatever. And, and you know, like I, like I mentioned in, in the previous episode, Colin Powell's wife and, and family made sure that, that they noted that he was vaccinated when they, you know, put out the, um, the statement about his loss. So on that aspect of it, yes, of course, Trump Jr. is right. Of course, he's right. Of course, these people would dance on the grave if the shoe was on the other foot. Let, let's say, so who are some conservative actors? Um, we'll say Dean Kane, Christy Swanson, Antonio Sabato Jr. Look, if Antonio Sabato Jr. and Christy Swanson were on the set of an independent low-budget Western and Antonio Sabato Jr. shot and killed somebody on that set, these people would be dancing on whoever this person's grave was. These people would be selling merch. These people would be using it to call for gun control and all of this other stuff. We know this of them. We know this is who they are. This is not news. Okay, we know who these people are. But my question is, If we know that these people are awful, do we have to be that awful because they are? And that is a real honest-to-God question that I'm asking, folks. And I, first of all, I wasn't even going to say anything. I wasn't even going to even bring up the t-shirts on Don Jr.'s site. Uh, I I wasn't even going to bring it up. But you know what? I, I think that if you stay silent about the things that you really care about, the things that really matter, then you're just no good. And I wasn't going to sit here and bite my tongue about this because like I said before, if you guys have been listening to this podcast, I am not on the RNC payroll. I am not here to carry water for any Trump. I'm not, I'm not doing that. That's not what I'm about. Okay. And if you see this kind of behavior happening and you see the stuff going on, where is your integrity if you can't say anything about it? Or if you don't stand up and say, yo, this is dead wrong. It's dead wrong. It's just wrong. It is like just literally a morally wrong thing. To use somebody's death to dunk on Alec Baldwin is wrong. And to sell merch, it's just not a good thing. And that's where I am on it. And I, and I feel like sometimes when you say things like that, it puts you in this position. 
where you get called, you know, by by the base or you get called by people like, oh, you know, you're just a rhino or you shouldn't be saying this or you're just like the left or you're a secret Democrat or anything like that. Like, I'm not a secret Democrat. I will never vote Democrat again in my life. I will never vote for these people again, ever, ever, ever. But because I will never vote for these people again, it does not mean that I'm going to keep my mouth shut when people are doing things that I think are more than a little morally reprehensible. And I'm just going to put it out there. Like, that just is what it is, honestly. That is just the truth. This is where we are right now. And I find myself, oh my God, and I find myself so... Jake Tapper over on CNN, he had a little screed about this. And I just want to play this for you because he makes some very good points. There's some good points that he makes here, but also... There's an element of this that, like I said, he is just using to, I think, dunk on conservatives. So I want to play a little bit, a little bit of this for you. Thank you this Jake. week on the set of a film in New Mexico, actor Alec Baldwin fired a prop gun that killed his cinematographer, Helena Hutchins, and wounded the director, Joel Souza. A horrific and tragic incident. We will ultimately learn what went so wrong and accountability, of course, is essential. But before we can even get to that, there is the tragedy of this moment. Helena Hutchins was 42 from Ukraine, a rising star in her field, the wife of Matthew Hutchins, the mother of a boy, Andrew Hutchins. Heartbreaking for normal people. But there's something about our politics right now that is driving people away from our shared humanity. Republican Congresswoman Lauren Boebert of Colorado apparently spent some time and did some digging and found an Alec Baldwin tweet from 2014 about the hands up, don't shoot movement. Baldwin is, of course, not only a progressive, but very aggressive and outspoken about liberal issues, including gun control. And the Colorado Congresswoman thought it was funny to exploit hands up, don't shoot, to make a joke at the expense of Baldwin, but more importantly, really, to make a joke at the expense of Helena Hutchins and her husband, Matthew, and her son, Andrews. More disappointing, perhaps, was a tweet from J.D. Vance, a former Marine, Yale law grad, author of Hillbilly Elegy. Vance was even for a time a CNN contributor, hired because of his perceived insight and empathy Vance is a conservative for whom a lot of folks once had great hope would rise to become a real leader. But he's running in a Senate Republican primary in Ohio that seems to have become the fear factor of American politics, with contestants positioned against one another as to who can performatively appeal best to the lowest common denominator. Vance, joking, asked for Twitter to remove its ban on Donald Trump because, quote, we need Alec Baldwin tweets. In other words, Vance appears to be saying, we need to see Donald Trump attack Alec Baldwin hours after this tragedy, at this moment, to exploit this horror in which an innocent woman, mother, wife, artist, was killed. That is CNN's resident blowhard, Jake Tapper. And I shared that stuff for you because I think he has a point. Um, I, I think he has a point about the politics and our use of social media sort of 
distracting us from our shared humanity because we do have to we do have to realize that a wife and mother, you know, this is somebody that died. And so I will give it to him on that. What I do disagree with is the fact that we only seem to get these sanctimonious lectures when Republicans do things bad, right? We don't get these sanctimonious lectures when the left dances on Herman Cain's grave. We don't get these sanctimonious lectures um, in any of the other instances where, where Democrats on the left does do awful things and say awful things. So I, I think the point to be made here is this. There are a lot of people that have a lot of power in society right now. There are a lot of people that have a lot of access to a very big megaphone when it comes to Twitter or Facebook or podcasts or Instagram or all of these different things. And I will tell you guys, as somebody who has a fairly large social media platform myself, when you first start using these things, you really do just want to dunk on people. That's what you want to do. You you know, you get a dopamine rush from getting these retweets, from, from getting involved in the public conversation and all of that stuff. But my question is, at what cost? At what cost? Look, Don Jr. selling this t-shirt is not going to turn anybody off who really wasn't already turned off by Donald Don Jr. or anybody with the last name Trump in the first place. But is that an excuse to do it? Is that kind of who we want to be? Is that is that the face that we want to show? I mean, I know for me personally, it's not. To wrap this whole thing up, like I said, Alec Baldwin is a jerk. Alec Baldwin is a scumbag. This is not about Alec Baldwin. This is about this instance and this circumstance bringing out the worst in all of us. Social media. In this dunking culture, in this idea, in all of this stuff is interconnected people. From Don Jr. dunking on Alec Baldwin accidentally killing a woman on a t-shirt, the people that, you know, think that people that are unvaccinated should be completely eliminated from society, the people that have decided to not be friends with people because they voted for Trump, the people that couldn't date a liberal, like all of this stuff is the same. It's two sides of the same coin, folks. And this social media stuff and all of this stuff, it's robbing us of our shared humanity. And so the question that I have for all of you problematics, is this who we want to be? Maybe some of these other people, maybe it's who they want to be. And, you know, Tapper brought up uh, J.D. Vance and that little screed. And I interviewed J.D. Vance for this podcast, you know, probably about, you know, 20 or 30 episodes back. I think it was like last November right after Hillbilly Elegy came out. J.D. Vance is a good guy. He is a, he's a good man. Um, and I think that he will do great things for Ohio should he be elected. But if even good men like J.D. Vance, even Lauren Boebert, who was also brought up in Tappers, they, I think that she's a good person, probably, that wants to do good things for his constituents. I think that Don Jr. wants to do good things for America, and he wants to continue to fight for America. But... At what point does this idea that you have to constantly be scoring points against the enemy, at what point does that start destroying our shared humanity? And at what point does that start tearing America apart and tearing our fabric apart? Because you can see this stuff. You see it in our day-to-day interactions. You can see how much more aggressive people are. You can see how easily people um, cut people from their lives if they don't have the right politics. You see all of this stuff. So look, guys, I don't know the answer to all of this stuff, but I do know 
that the question comes up when we are tested as a society with situations like this, with a loathsome figure like Alec Baldwin accidentally shooting and killing a wife and a mother. And so we are tested by our reactions to all of these things. And unfortunately, I think a great deal of people in the conservative movement right now, people whose platforms are much larger than mine, are failing that test. Up next, Condoleezza Rice stopped by The View and took on critical race theory, her surprising take on it, after the break. Critical race theory, critical race theory, critical race theory. It is interesting that a topic that probably hadn't even entered into the lexicon uh, a couple, probably even a year and a half ago is all anyone can seem to talk about. And it's very interesting the conversation that is being had in regards to critical race theory in this country. So first of all, and I, I've done multiple episodes on this, I'm not going to go too hard on exactly what critical race theory is, but basically what critical race theory is and what it was intended to do was this was college level study, the ways in which you know racism and stuff are, are ingrained into certain institutions in America, right? And so this stuff was always supposed to be in college. It was supposed to be a legal theory. It was never supposed to be in high schools. It was certainly never supposed to be um, in elementary schools. But what we're seeing right now when people talk about critical race theory in our elementary schools and in our high schools and our junior high schools is a sort of bastardization of what that was. And it's dumbed down into basically these very simple ideas. It's, it's an idea that's so simple and basic that is idiotic that all black kids are victims and all white kids are oppressors, right? And so this is what critical race theory has kind of been dumbed down into for the social media age, for a lot of these leftists that are making money off of the CRT grift, people like Robin DiAngelo, people like, you know, a, a lot of the other black liberal commentators that don't really think about critical race theory, but they know they have to be for it because conservatives are against it, etc. People aren't paying attention to this. But it was a very interesting uh, topic that made its way onto The View because since The View is extremely boring without any conservatives on it, Condoleezza Rice guest hosted late last week, and she gave her take on critical race theory. And I thought it was a fascinating take. And I want you to listen to what Joy Behar had to say, and this is when you hear Joy Behar talking, you will hear um, this sort of bastardization of what critical race theory is, and, and this is sort of a leftist talking point. And the leftist talking point right now is that critical race theory is teaching um, Black American history, which it, that is an absolute lie. It's not, it's not anything of the sort. But this is what Joy Behar had to say, and this is how Condoleezza Rice countered her. There is a curriculum that teachers follow, and it's studied by supposedly experts. I have a lot of education uh, credits because you learn how to teach and you learn mm -hmm. your subject. So you can't really pit that up against an, an, a parent who just is annoyed that you're teaching, uh, you know, uh, to kill a mockingbird or whatever the curriculum uh, says. You can't have the parents interfering to that extent in the, in the curriculum. But it's nice to hear from them. But if they are adamant and they don't want you to teach uh, what is going to be taught, period, mm -hmm. they're going to have to homeschool their kids because this is not going to wash. Well, they're, they're actually homeschooling them in increasing numbers. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a, a signal. Uh, first of all, parents ought to be involved in their 
their children's uh, yes, they education. Should. Their children are in school seven hours. That's a very formative period. And uh, I think parents ought to have a say. We used to have parent-teacher conferences. We used to have PTAs. There are lots of ways for parents to be involved, and they should be. But if I could take a moment to talk about the whole issue of critical race theory and what is and is not being taught. Uh, I come out of an academic uh, institution, and uh, this is a, something that academics debate, what is the role of race and so forth. And, and let me be very clear. I grew up in segregated Birmingham, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't go to a movie theater or to a restaurant with my parents. I went to segregated schools till we moved to Denver. Mm-hmm. My parents never thought I was going to grow up in a world without prejudice, but they also told me, that's somebody else's problem, not yours. You're going to overcome it, and you are going to be anything you want to be. And that's the message that I think we ought to be sending to kids. One of the worries that I have about the way that we're, we're talking about race is that it either seems so big that somehow white people now have to feel guilty for everything that happened in the past. I, I mm-hmm. don't think that's very productive. Or black people have to feel disempowered by mm-hmm. race. I would like black kids to be completely empowered, to know that they are beautiful in their blackness, Mm -hmm. but in order to do that, I don't have to make white kids feel bad for being white. So somehow, this is a conversation that has gone in the wrong direction. It's very interesting that she said that. And I think that when you have these conversations about critical race theory, especially the conversations that are happening in places like The View and in places, you know, like, you know, liberal mainstream media, one one fact that is missing, and there's a lot of of inconvenient facts, right? This is what we call them inconvenient facts, is that a lot of the parents who are anti-critical race theory are black. And that is, if you watch a lot of these viral videos that are happening, and I'm telling you guys, like, you know, I share them on my Facebook page. If, if problematics, if you don't follow me on Facebook, follow me on Facebook um, at Rob Smith Online. But a lot of these viral videos that are going around with uh, parents, fed up parents that are speaking out against critical race theory, these are black parents. Um, these are African-American parents. And they're speaking out against this stuff, you know, in these public schools. And I am somebody that is from the public school system. I went to public school um, in Akron, Ohio. If I was taught in my public school, if I was taught that I was some sort of disempowered victim because I was black and I was I had gotten that message ingrained into my skull since I was in kindergarten. At, at what point would I have decided to want to do anything with my life? And I think that that is the biggest danger when it comes to critical race theory and when it comes to how this stuff is being infiltrated um, into the public school system in, to indoctrinate these kids. And because my idea about this is this, and I say this all the time when I share one of these crazy videos on my Facebook page, I say, get your kids out of government schools. Because what you have to understand is that these government schools, okay, that are funded by teachers unions, right, um, that are, excuse me, controlled by teachers unions, that are funded by tax dollars. But what is one of the biggest donors to the Democrat Party is, of course, teachers unions. Because So teachers unions have the Democrat Party, you know, in a chokehold, Right. You have to think that this stuff that's being taught in these schools, it's not so much about teaching these kids anything. Because in the vast majority of these public school systems, especially in the ones that are in the larger cities across the country, like all of these cities, you want to talk about New York, Philly, LA, et cetera, these kids are failing. So they're already failing in the basic things like reading, 
writing, math, things that, you know, you're going to want to know in order to help you exist in society. So they're already failing at that stuff. So now, instead of teaching these kids the things that they need to teach, they want to teach them critical race theory. Okay. And so, like I said before, a great deal of these parents that are anti CRT are black. Um, because let me tell you something if I had a kid and my kid, my black child was being taught this crap in the public school system, I would say, oh, no. Oh, absolutely not. And number one, if, if and when I have a kid someday, they will never be in public schools ever, ever. Because I know the crap that goes on in there. And the reason why we're having this conversation, and by the way, this is all connected to the attorney general um, classifying involved parents as domestic terrorists, right? Um, this is all about the, the governor's race that we've got going on in um, Virginia right now between McAuliffe and the other guy. McAuliffe is getting massacred because he basically says that I don't think that parents should have a say um, in what is being taught in their schools. Of course, parents should have a say. But McAuliffe was saying the quiet part out loud because these people do not want parents to have a say in what they're being taught in these schools. They want them to be indoctrinated from K through 12 so then you guys can pay more money to them to go get indoctrinated in the colleges and universities, which are also a total scam. And what the mainstream media likes to do is they like to conflate everything in black and white. Right Republicans are against CRT and black Democrats are for it. And when you watch a lot of these videos that are going viral, like I said, most of these parents are black. But Condoleezza Rice ruffled some feathers, okay? So this is what, um, there's a writer and an online race warrior named Torre. This is what he has to say. He called Condoleezza Rice, quote unquote, a soldier for white supremacy. This is what these people, you know, I, I wonder sometimes when you're like a leftist race warrior and all you talk about is race, like, I wonder if they ever think that they've just backed themselves into a corner because everything that they're saying is just so, uh, it's just not interesting. And, and this is what they're doing. So this is what he has to say. And I want to pull this up for you. So he said, and I quote, he writes, American history is a series of cycles where white people grow more powerful because of the legalized oppression of black people. American history is a series of stories where white people knock us down and stand on our necks and then ask why we're on the ground. If we don't know history, we don't understand reality and how it was constructed. I really don't care if learning this makes white kids feel bad. And if it doesn't, then they are too heartless. Okay, so this is what he's talking about. This is what he has to say when literally talking about teaching children, mind you. And so this is where we are. This critical race theory thing, like this um, conversation about critical race theory is going absolutely nowhere. It is going to continue. But in order to be able to combat it and in order to even be able to talk about talk in the conversation, you have to know what is being conflated here. So what the left is trying to do is they're trying to make it seem as if the literal teaching of black American history is critical race theory. That is not true. Teaching slavery is not critical race theory. Teaching about contributions of African Americans to society is not critical race theory. None of that stuff is. Critical race theory is all the far left crap that you're saying. It's it's the book White Fragility uh, by Robin DiAngelo. It's anything by Ibram X. Kendi, who, by the way, is getting into children's books. Okay, because this is this is what they do. This is how they indoctrinate. And so, in order to combat that, you really have to know what it is. 
And what it is not is African-American history. But it is not surprising to me that race warrior Torre is calling Condoleezza Rice a soldier for white supremacy for basically standing up for the empowerment of kids of all colors, black kids and white kids. Because we don't want to see black kids be disempowered and we don't want to see white kids being made to feel that they are oppressors. Okay, this is in kindergarten. This is not right. And good for Condoleezza Rice for standing up to this. Of course, she was trending all over Twitter. She was getting dragged all over Twitter. But like Dave Chappelle says, I'm sure she does not care because Twitter is not a real place. And you're going to get dragged all over Twitter, all over social media, if you speak any kind of truth at all. And that is the absolute problematic truth about critical race theory. Before we go, I want to thank my fellow Problematics so much for listening. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. And to hear more of my episodes and to get my weekly newsletter, go to Gingrich360.com slash Rob. You can also find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at RobSmithOnline. Special thanks to our producer, John Cassio, researcher Aaron Kliegman, and executive producers, Debbie Myers, and speaker Newt Gingrich, part of the Gingrich 360 Network.